What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As usual, I am your host, Nick Farabai, right for Pittsburgh Sports Now, call games at WPTS Radio, and I am a productionist on an ACC Network. And today, the man of the hour is Kenny Pickett, and I am joined by Pro Football Network analyst Dalton Miller. Talk a little bit about Pickett, his projection in the NFL and how he stands to factor in to this 2022 NFL draft class and more. It's all coming up today on Locked On Pit. Our Locked On Pit, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast. As always, Nick Farabaugh here. Thank you for making the Locked On Pit Podcast your first listen. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure to like, comment, subscribe, do all that good stuff, turn on the notification bell. If you are listening to this, make sure to leave a review, do all that great stuff. And Dalton, I want to welcome you in to the show, man. We are here with PFN NFL writer and analyst Dalton Miller. How are you doing today, Dalton? fantastic it's saturday uh, my brother's coming into town from connecticut for the weekend so it's uh it's gonna be a good time the only the only downside I'm, i missed the gym this morning missed that timing um gotta go to target with the wife after this so um you know honey do getting in the way of my gains but I, I guess that's just the way it goes sometimes it does go in the way sometimes man and you will, you know as much as I do who life can be a trip <laughs> in the job we do and whatever we do with life and everything. So certainly things coming in and the new mustache look certainly rocking mm. it as well, man. So it's different, that's for sure. Um I, I did it. So I, I like kind of shaved everything up a, a couple of weeks ago and I posted it online and I just showed people and I shaved it right away. And then people jokingly or not we're like you could pull that off and so i was looking at it and i was like nobody pulls off a mustache they just never looks good so i'm gonna commit to the bit for a month and, and kind of see how it goes i can't you know math bomb if anybody knows him from twitter he wants me to grow it out and get funky with it so we we might see how hipster i can get two ma- math bomb mustaches i don't think the world mm-hmm. can handle it i don't think the world can handle it <laughs> i don't think so either All right, but let's get to the topic of discussion today. Kenny Pickett himself, obviously, we are here to talk a little bit about it. And again, everyone I've had on here to talk about Kenny Pickett, including myself, of course, is from the Pitt Twitter sphere, whatever it might be, the Pitt coaching sphere. We've all seen Kenny. We know Kenny. We've all talked to Kenny. Like, we know Kenny. He is Pitt football, all that, right? But I want want to get outside perspective kind of on Kenny Pickett the pulse on him kind of around the league and, and outside pit circles. Cause I think in pit circles, obviously there's a tendency to always think your guy is the one, right? And that's probably in Liberty circles. That's probably in Cincinnati circles, all these different circles where you have the quarterback coming out, whether it's Blake Willis, Desmond Ritter, whoever, maybe Matt Corral. Uh, I don't care who you are. Um, so I feel like there's a tendency to think Kenny Pickett is the guy in this draft. And so, you know, I saw one such ranking this week from uh, my fellow locked on partner, uh, Eric Crocker, this week, who had Kenny Pickett at at QB3. And and that one got a a lot of backlash 
I've seen people have him lower. I've seen people have him at quarterback one. He's kind of all over the board, just like most guys in this draft class. What's your overall view? Where do you kind of look at Kenny and rank him overall in this class? Yeah, so I think when you look at what he is now compared to his upside, I think that he is the one quarterback in this class that teams can kind of look at and say, hey, we might not get fired if we draft Kenny Pickett. Like he might be ready enough to where we don't get fired. He's not that much of a project to where it's going to fall on or we're going to fall flat on our faces. Malik Willis um, has the greatest upside in this class, but he is a project and he will be most likely a multi-year process or uh, progression uh, at the NFL level. But I think in the NFL today, especially uh, as we've seen the quarterback position evolve, we've kind of seen the more pocket passers go away. And and we see these guys, the Josh Allens of the worlds, the the Patrick Mahomes is Kyler Murray's these guys who can go out and create and have the big time arms as well. That's what Malik Willis has. And so I think teams are going to gamble on that physical upside um, as the first quarterback off of the board. Um, now, the, the discussion between Desmond Ritter and Kenny Pickett, I think is really interesting. I think Malik is definitely that top guy in NFL circles. And then it comes down to Ritter and Pickett. And I think that's an interesting debate. And I have a really tough time between the two because they, uh, you know, are a little bit similar. I, I think more similar than a lot of people kind of realize they are. Um, but at the end of the day, they do two different things incredibly well. Like two, their two things, their calling cards are different. And then they kind of struggle in areas where that other person has their strength. So I think it kind of comes down to which you prefer more there. But, you know, for me, if we're talking about them just in a vacuum, I wouldn't want to take any of these quarterbacks to save my job. I wouldn't want to take any of them in the top 10 to 15. If you're a team in the back half around one, you got a good roster around you. You think you can legitimately build around one of these guys, then maybe, you know, when you get to, not the, the the Pittsburgh Panthers, but the, the Pittsburgh Steelers at 20, that's where I'm starting to look at these guys from a, a value in a vacuum. But this is the NFL, and there is no tax too high to pay for a quarterback if you think he's the guy. And I think that when you look at, at Pickett specifically, it kind of looks like the Carolina Panthers and David Tepper are playing their cards now and saying, hey, Kenny Pickett is the guy for us, and I'm just interested to see if he actually goes at six. Yeah, and plenty of connections in that Panthers organization. Tipper is, is a pit alum himself, so yep. knows Kenny Pickett was was a minority owner in the Steelers uh, when Pickett was still at um, Pitt there. So he was still up there in Pittsburgh. And obviously Matt Rule recruited Kenny Pickett, so plenty of connections to Kenny Pickett from there. Uh, and, and so I think what you bring up makes a lot of sense to me because as, as I've always viewed it is, again, the upside of Malik Willis is what everyone's going to bet on in terms of the franchise quarterback talent, pure talent, that is. And again, not necessarily him 100% getting there, because I, I think when you look at what Malik Willis brings to the table, he's still a very raw player, but he feels like the upside wild card of the draft. And I've always, as you said, I think Kenny Pickett's very safe. I think you're going to, you know what you're going to get with him. I think he's very polished. Like there's not many areas I can see Kenny Pickett growing in to become a lot better, right? He's kind of the guy you get in terms of what I feel like. And then Ritter, I think that I think Ritter's also a kind of safe prospect because th this is the kind of the discussion I want to have. 
Pickett versus Ritter, because I think this is this is very interesting, is that I think Ritter is kind of safe, too, because he's such a great mental processor. But the difference is I think Kenny's mechanics are a lot better. Um, but the, then you have the other stuff with Pickett with the small hands and, and you know, all of that. And then you, you have the skittish pocket movement. And I think there's a few things to worry about with Kenny and Ritter. But how, how do you see those two kind of working themselves out? Yeah, so when, when I look at those two quarterbacks specifically, when when it comes to Ritter, yes, there are uh, some mechanical deficiencies that hurt his um, accuracy, and, and that's really the the biggest issue for me. Now, when you look at it, you say you know the accuracy is tough to fix at the next level, and it, it definitely is. But the rest of his process is really good, and we've seen this with you know quarterback gurus uh, like Derek Clawson has talked about this a lot. From a, a process perspective, he's amazing. Uh, Desmond Ritter is the best in this class there mentally. Um, for me, when I watched Pickett, it was a little bit different. For me, when I watched Pickett, um, the mechanics when everything is good, when he has a stable base to or a stable platform to throw off of, he is very good. Um, his natural accuracy is very nice. I, I like it. And he's even able to make passes uh, or to make throws rolling to his right. Um, even if he's throwing across his body a little bit, he has that natural athleticism to do that. Um, my issues with him are a, a little bit of the skittishness in the pocket when he does get pressure. But my biggest issue with him is that his process, I, you know, I, I've seen people call it inconsistent. Um, I don't love it very much. I, I think in the empty sets that Pitt like to run, um, much like, you know, with LSU back in the day in, in 2019 with Joe Burrow, um, when you force Kenny Pickett to make a quick decision, I think that he is very good in those instances. I think that that is a, a spot where he is a bit inconsistent. Um, but on most occasions when he's getting five and, and six man pressures and he's having to make quick decisions, get the ball out early to a hot, I think that he's done a good job at that. It, it's when things are a little bit more complex, three to, to four man route combinations and kind of working through the trash of zone coverage. I don't think that he's very good there yet. I don't think that when you see guys go their first read and they get off of their second read, they already in their mind have a painted picture of what the backside is going to look like, where that receiver is going to be in his route at a certain time. And if he has coverage to one side and he's confident that that coverage is on the backside, all he should have to do is flip his feet, flip his eyes, get his shoulders in, in sequence, and then be able to see a flash of color. Flashes of color should all it should be, and then he gets rid of the football. I see him get over, have to focus, see what is going on on that opposite side, and then throw. And at the NFL level, those windows in zone coverage are going to close so much faster. Uh, the other thing that I kind of see with Kenny in those instances that slow his process down just a bit is he'll take an extra pat of the ball before he is going to throw it. So that slows his entire um, throwing motion down uh, as well. And he can get his feet a little bit out of sorts as well in those instances, especially in the quick game. Uh, things are a little bit sloppy now. His nat natural accuracy kind of makes up for it. But those are the differences. I, I think that Ritter's going to hit some of those windows that Kenny can't because his mental process is a little bit quicker, even though I don't really think Ritter's arm is that much bigger than Kenny's. And I think that Kenny's arm issues are a little bit overstated personally. 
Yeah, and I certainly have many comments on that. But first, folks, going to let you know a little bit about Built Bar because obviously spring is coming into full bloom. And if you want a protein bar that can help you get healthy, I have it in Built Bar for you. Have you tried the Built Bar Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. And Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar, they're a treat, and they're more covered in 100% real chocolate. So all Built Bars are covered 100% real chocolate, including Puffs. Yes, they can replace your candy bars, but they are actually healthy. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 18 grams of protein. You get all the deliciousness you want while still getting all the health benefits of a normal protein bar. So go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Back here on the Locked On Pit Podcast. And Dalton, I kind of wanted to follow up on what you talked about before the break in, in terms of what Kenny Pickett brings to the table. And I think that process comment's pretty interesting uh, overall because I think for a lot of Pitt fans, that was his biggest issue his first four years, right? When he played. And then I think a lot of people felt that he had improved that last year a lot more. And, and I think there are a few things to consider here. And I, I do agree with you because, I, again, I, I still think Kenny's kind of a safe option personally. Mm-hmm. I, I think yeah. he's very polished and safe. But, yeah, I agree. I think that's one of his issues. Uh, and, and here's the thing. When I looked at Kenny was this year he was surrounded by a really good ecosystem. Mark Whipple did a lot of good things to kind of run concepts that would work for Kenny Pickett. Because here's the thing, Kenny Pickett loves to throw it over the middle of the field, loves to attack those middle of the field areas. And they ran a lot of concepts like dagger, uh, shallow cross, Y cross, um, all all these different types of of middle of the field concepts. And and they would obviously run that post a ton out of that stacked alignment because that was one of his big reads and Pitt had the receivers to do it. And the ecosystem around him was a pretty good offensive line that honestly held up really well. And he had a really good group of weapons, too. Obviously, Jordan Addison, the crown jewel of those. But I kind of wanted to get your take on this. Does that part of this equation kind of muddy his evaluation for you at all? I've seen kind of talk about that a little bit, that his, you know, that this was the best surrounding cast he's ever had. So does he look better as a byproduct of that? Or did Pickett take that next step and say, look as good as he actually did. And did he actually improve in that mental processing part? Because I think that is a part where he did take a leap, but also the ecosystem around him was better than it ever was. Yeah. And, and I mean, it, when you have better surroundings around you, you're going to get better. I don't think that I saw. So when we look at Pickett, and we already kind of slotted him as one of the, the higher ranked quarterbacks in this class, even before this season. So, it's definitely not one-to-one when we're thinking about somebody like Joe Burrow, who when he was coming out of his, you know, uh, his redshirt junior year, you thought, ah, you know, like maybe he's going to be a day three guy. And then obviously he leapt to the number one pick. So I'm not saying that, that Kenny Pickett has made a leap like that, but I think he has improved incrementally. And I think part of that is slowing that process down a little bit and making sure of what he has. Like when he goes backside, Um, I I think, you know, sometimes you want to see that flash and get rid of the ball. But I think if you don't have that in your mind yet, if you don't have that mechanic in you, I think that he played it a little bit safer. So he wasn't giving the ball away or putting the ball 
in adverse situations that I saw that specifically um, a couple of times with guys like crossing over the middle of the field, um, going to the backside and making sure that that cornerback that was sitting in that, that flat area and kind of playing that midpoint wasn't going to be able to make that play on that deep, you know, the, the, the uh, corner route that was getting ran or the, the equivalent of it from the opposite side of the field. So I think he was a little bit safer with the football made better decisions he's just not making the quick decisions consistently that you need to be able to do at the nfl level so yeah, i think that makes, like that yeah, makes so sense I, to me just just yeah. to jut in I, and, and you talked about how his extra pad on the ball when you also look at kind of how he drops um in his footwork there's kind of a false step every time he does you you he's got that kind of signature hitch where he takes one step forward and then drops back and then goes one two three so he's essentially taking three and a half back which also, when you talk about that and the extra pat, he's essentially taking a four-step drop, and it's essentially a second late, right? So mm-hmm. I, I, I don't – now, that could be something that was coached for rhythm purposes with the receivers. Maybe that was something that Whipple coached, and that's going to have to be uncoached in the NFL. But I think that is also a subtlety that when we're talking about his timing and kind of his rhythm, that is something to look at, right? Yes, I, I do. And there's a little bit of a, a hitch uh, sometimes on quicker concepts and I'm wondering if that is for timing or not because he would you know when he was taking his quick you know one step drop on a shotgun which is essentially a three step drop he would like double hop back with both feet so he, he would get set on him and then hop back again with both feet and it looked a little bit awkward but a lot of the times when I saw it um, is when he was coming off we read number one over the middle quick and then going to that, that second slant, if they were running double slants or whatever it was, um, it was just a, it, it looked a little bit weird, but I don't think, you know, when you look at his footwork overall, I don't think that it's that much of an issue because I think footwork and mechanics are only an issue. If they're an issue, you know what I mean? If it's not affecting his accuracy or his ability to, to put velocity on the football, which I really didn't see too often from him uh, a couple of times, he kind of stepped in the bucket when he was throwing to his right, you know, in this short area. But that's a throw that a lot of right-handed quarterbacks struggle with um, because they're not able to kind of go both ways when they go and they set up right and then have to come and their their whole body has to then rotate left again. Uh, sometimes you either step in the bucket, which means you're stepping too far wide. When that happens, the ball is going to go up and outside a little bit and, and you know, either be behind a, a, a you know, receiver if they're running vertically or it's going to be, you know, high and away if they're running an out route. Um, and then if you get closed up too much and you're not able to be open enough when you release the football, then the ball kind of tails down. And that's when you get skips to, to r- wide receivers running stop routes. So um, he's going to need to kind of straighten that out. But like I said, that's something that a lot of quarterbacks struggle with. Yeah, and again, it feels like I'm, I'm scrutinizing him a little bit, but just trying to cover all bases. Absolutely. I think, I think, like, I think he's a good player overall. And again, I've talked about his strengths many times. I think something we haven't even touched on a lot is his out-of-structure ability here, which is just yeah. really good overall. He's really athletic, can make off-platform throws from all different sides. Uh, again, he's pretty accurate. I think that's been one of the things. His deep balls really improved over the years. I think his arm, his, I'm not saying he's as cannon, but I think it's better than a lot of people sell it as I do I've seen too. people say he has like below average arm strength I don't see that at all I think he has pretty solid arm strength actually he's got a be- I think he's got a better arm than Joe Burrow does personally yeah. like I agree with that like I think I I've seen him do it I think this year he showcased it enough where he was hitting you know Jordan Addison probably is going to run 
at least sub four, four, five, if not sub four, four, he's that fast and he hit him in stride. So I've seen him do it before. Um, and, and at the senior bowl, uh, I, I'm not going to say, you know, the ball came out live, but I didn't see him. I didn't see it dying on him and, and yeah. I didn't see it, you know, just tailing out in the wind. Uh, so that was something that, you know, versus Ritter uh, and versus got how I thought that he was quite honestly fine. Now there was different, obviously Willis had a different, cannon than all of them but i didn't think pickett was like stuck out like a sore thumb against any of those but we got to get to the topic obviously everyone talks about it from a national perspective like i want to hear your thoughts hand size eight and a half inches it's actually eight and five eighths now since he measured that pro day how big of an issue for you for you is his hand size is it a big issue is it a non-issue is it kind of in between what do you feel about it well, it's it's definitely not a non-issue. Um, I, I think when you look at some of the performances that he's had in colder weather games, that has been some of his you know lesser games, and that's not just about him. That's just about you know bad weather games aren't going to have the amount of offense because it, listen, it is just really hard to play football when it is cold and it is rainy, and when your hands are small, obviously it makes it more difficult. Um, but he wears the gloves and the gloves work in the rain as well. I know that that sounds crazy, um, but the, the gloves are actually better for the rain as well. Um, I, I just think that there will be sometimes where the, the ball flutters a little bit. Um, it was rainy in, in Mobile, but it wasn't super cold. Um, I, I think we saw, you know, obviously the New England Patriots Buffalo Bills game, the first one this year, that was significant that was you know 40 mile an hour winds and it was very very cold um and we saw what happened with mac jones he was only able to throw the ball three times and even josh allen had issues with it when the weather is bad he's going to struggle kenny pickett will struggle but every quarterback is going to struggle it takes a guy that has an arm like josh allen or malik willis to get through those kind of things um the hand size for me isn't a big issue because i didn't see it be a big issue with fumbles or anything when he got hit in college so i am i'm just okay with it zero percentile is definitely concerning just because we have not seen it before um but i didn't see it's not like this guy played in south florida for five years he played at pit we we know he's gonna be okay yeah i, I pretty much agree with that but first folks let me let you know about bet online because betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports information find all the latest developments in sports including this week's masters championships odds Podcasts and reviews for all the different leagues this season. BetOnline is your command source for all continued sports wagering information needs, including live betting, esports, and scores. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn about the trends and the action. Bet online, where the game starts. podcast talking with Dalton Miller and, and you talked about the hand size being it's 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 an issue in some certain situations but I think I, I'll, I'll say this and, and I don't think it's going to be the reason Kenny Pickett fails in the NFL like if there's a reason he is a gigantic bust I don't think we're going to look back on it and say yeah it was his hand size like I think there's going to be other reasons and, and I don't know how you would view that but I would think if if he's going to be a bust and say we talked about him being safe here and he ends up being completely out of the league in four years, which I, again, I don't see happening. I think regardless, he's going to settle himself in as like 
a backup quarterback at the very least because he has great intangibles and and all this stuff. And I think he has decent traits. But if he completely busts, it's going to be because of his pocket management, I think, and his slower process. And so I, I don't I, that's kind of what I think about the hand size thing. I don't know if it's necessarily going to be the difference between, say, I don't know if you're eight in Atlanta and you're deciding between Pickett and someone else. I don't do you think the hand size is going to be a reason why you don't pick Kenny Pickett, say, versus I don't know. Maybe you're 18 in New Orleans, or I think this is more realistic, 18 in New Orleans, 20 in Pittsburgh, and you want Ritter or Pickett. Is the hand size going to be the reason why you don't pick Pickett? Only if they're completely equal in your eyes. I think that's the only way that that a team will will look at the hand size and be like, no, we're going to go with another guy over that. Now, if they just don't want to take the risk on drafting him at all, then it's not even a conversation. You know what I mean? If if that hand size is a complete deal breaker to some teams, and listen, it might be. There are teams out there that do not care how good you are at football. They will not draft you for some very stupid reasons. We just saw last year, Creed Humphrey have some of the best tape at center I've ever seen. And then he went out and tested as the most athletic center of all time. And he went 63rd overall because he's left-handed as a center. That's, that's, that's why, that's why it happened that way. So I I think that when when you look at this, um, it could take picket off of some teams boards. But I think when you look at teams like Pittsburgh and you look at teams like the Carolina Panthers, it's obvious that they don't care about the hand size. For me, if he's going to be a bust at the NFL level, it's because he went to a bad situation that was not able to improve. A, a situation like the Jets last year or like the Jacksonville Jaguars, but but one that is a little bit more sustained. So, you know, I, I don't think that Zach Wilson or Trevor Lawrence are broken. I think that they're going to end up being okay if their situation improves out. Looks like it has in both spots. But if Kenny Pickett goes to a place like Carolina, and Matt Rule is running it into the ground with backwards ideas and poor roster management on the offensive side of the ball, then yeah, he's probably going to fail because I don't think a lot of people realize how important situation is to a young quarterback. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And again, I, I, I don't – let's talk about fits now, I think, for Kenny Pickett because I you keep coming back to that. It's been a bad secret since Mobile that the Panthers have been tinkering around with Pickett and – like him a lot. It's been a bad situation. I thought back then, I still think now I've thought over it many times. I'm like, man, that fit just is not a good fit for Kenny Pickett. I mean, it's not a good fit for any quarterback really, but that's not a good fit for him. I I think there are many better fits for him. Uh, What are your top fits? If you look at Kenny Pickett's skill set, where are your best fits for him uh, of where among these quarterback teams he could potentially land? Um, I actually kind of like Seattle a little bit and that might sound weird. Um, but I like Pickett in Seattle because, and, and that's a place, obviously he's going to have to, to work with the weather. It's an open air stadium in the Pacific Northwest. Um, but I think they're want, uh, to run a lot of play action and, and work off of that, get some more isolated, uh, looks and, and for him to be able to, to hit the intermediate areas of the field, because I think that he does a really good job of that. I think that he's accurate to the intermediate areas. And when he has a stable base, he's able to, to get the ball to those guys. I think that guys like DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett would be huge for him uh, when it comes to attacking down the field. Other than that, there aren't a ton of teams that need quarterback in that area of the draft. Now you can consider Washington. And I think that Washington would be great because when you look at Kenny Pickett, you think 
Kirk Cousins is probably the ceiling. And, and I think that a lot of people will look at that and be like, yeah, that's uh, that's tough. That that doesn't sound really good. I don't think that people understand how good Kirk Cousins is. He gets a, a bad rap because of how much money he makes. But if you can tell me right now that you're getting him at the 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 rate of a rookie, I would take that 100 times out of 100 because I think that I can build a championship roster around a player like that, um, especially at that price. So for me, um, a, a team like Washington would have been really nice if they wouldn't have gone and made the decision to go after Carson Wentz. I don't think that you can do that with Carson Wentz as your quarterback. I think it would make him fold and your team would just lose football games. So like, I don't see Washington being in the Kenny Pickett market, but that offense I think would have been really good for Kenny Pickett, a guy like Terry McLaurin, they're probably going to pick up another wide receiver in round two if they would have gone with the quarterback. So I think the the situation there with that offensive line uh, would have been good as well. Um, I, I think that Scott Turner could have done some work with Pickett, um, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen. And then you get to Pittsburgh's the next spot. Uh, it really is. I don't see, you know, now with Jameis being the guy for the next two years in New Orleans, I don't see them being in the quarterback market. And then when you look at Pittsburgh, man, with with Matt Canada, I like the I like the fit. I I really I truly do. Um, you're looking at at least with what they were doing with Ben late in his career. I think would be really good to start Kenny Pickett's career. Get the ball out of his hands quickly. Use those weapons underneath. Run a lot of quick timing concepts. Find holes in, in zone coverage, and then work your way down the field a little bit. And I think that's really where he could fit. Yeah, I think of those type of offenses. But I, I do think the one drawback I have about the Steelers specifically, and I want to talk about this just because I know a lot of listeners are Pitt and Steelers fans. Yeah. Um, but the one drawback I have is because they didn't attack the middle of the field a ton last year, and that's mm-hmm. Kenny's kind of bread and butter. Now, I think that's going to change this year. I think they're going to run a lot more play action, which in what, which case with the RPOs they run, with all that play action, it's going to be a lot better for Kenny. But I, I think that's that's a question to look at when you're looking at his fit in Pittsburgh. But yeah, again, it's kind of tough to gauge where he's going to ultimately land. So I'm just going to ask you, throw out a prediction right now. If you had to say, Kenny Pickett, where does he land once he drafted? He's going six to the Panthers. That's just it, it just feels that way at this point. That's that's how it's going to work out. Do you think that that makes him the first quarterback off the board? Or do you think? No, no, I think Willis goes two to the Lions. Yep. Okay. I think Willis goes two. So two quarterbacks in the top 10. Uh, that yeah, I wouldn't things. do it. I wouldn't do it with, with these two, but it, it looks like it's going to go that way with the NFL. Yeah. I mean, if, if Willis goes two and Pickett goes six, that would be certainly something. And, and I mean, if any of you were hoping that Kenny Pickett stayed in Pittsburgh, if he goes six to the Panthers, folks, I'm telling you, there's no way he is coming to Pittsburgh because they are not trading up 15 spots to go get him. No. regardless if they trade up that far they're going to get malik wills um so no way jose in that regard so one more question i have for you about kenny pickett and i, I guess just kind of we're you threw out the kirk cousins comp give me a high end a low end in a middle type outcome we could see for kenny pickett in his career uh yeah i think high end is kurt um i, I think kind of the mid end is an andy dalton type player um, maybe a you know a little bit more athletic can create a, a little bit more than Andy. Um, and then a low end, it's kind of tough to to think about a, a low end for him. Um, 
because uh, he doesn't really play like Sam Donald. I mean, he can create kind of like Sam does, but Sam is really, really good with those quick concepts, or at least he was um, really good with those quick concepts. I, I think that the low end for Kenny would be... I will say I have a name. What is it? it? Josh McCown, I think, would be kind of okay. a name. You know, yeah. multi, like long time backup, great intangibles. If you remember, young Josh McCown was a pretty athletic player that could create out of structure. Yeah, he obviously lost the slot. But like that, that's kind of the guy that I was like, okay, if he ends up not being good, I think even in the worst case scenario, Kenny Pickett ends up being in the NFL for like a decade, just mm-hmm. as a really good yeah. backup. Like that is my worst case scenario for Kenny Pickett. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. I do. All right, Dalton, tell them where they can find your stuff. Read your stuff. Thanks for coming on, folks. As always, where can they find your stuff, Dalton? Yeah, uh, Dalton B. Miller on Twitter. Dalton B. Miller on Twitch. Um, and then you can find my work at ProFootballNetwork.com. Make sure to check that out, folks. As always, it's a great talk with Dalton talking all. Kenny Pickett will obviously be back tomorrow as well, folks. Pitt doing a lot of basketball stuff in the transfer portal and all of that, and we'll talk spring game. As well. As always, thanks for listening. And as always, hail to Pitt.